What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 599 of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast Hot Tags of the Week. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, are Robert E. Felice. I can't believe it's been 100 episodes almost since we had, like, Payton and everybody getting ready for your wedding. The whole, yeah, episode 500 special. Yeah. Two years have gone by almost. <laughs> insane. And also joining us, as always, Callum Wiggins. Hello there. It's uh, we're all coming up on that episode number six hundred, which it's baffling to me that that is the case for next week. But before we get into next week's stuff, we got this episode of hot tags to get into. And if you don't know what the hot tags are about, it's pretty simple. This is our weekly breakdown of things like the TV shows that have happened this past couple of days. We've got the rumors and the gossip and the news in the world of pro wrestling or anything in the world of sports entertainment that we feel like talking about that wasn't specific to the main events. Now we already got into all of the different pay-per-views kind of content that we're getting this weekend because there are those three events. So go back and check out the predictions for night of champions and NXT battleground and double or nothing. And of course, tomorrow afternoon when Night of Champions is done. We'll have our pay-per-view point post-show on Sunday night after Battleground and Double or Nothing are done. We will have the combo post-show of those. So, you know, stay tuned and you know check all that stuff out and make sure that you have your notifications set up. Make sure you are subscribed to this channel and also ring that little notification bell. Hit the like button on this video to help us out on that kind of front. It's very uh, quick and easy, painless. Trust me, you click that like button, that'll help us out with the YouTube algorithm. And if you want to pass this around, you hit that little share button. That's another great way of doing that. But there's also a join button on here, which gives you access to the same things as to Patreon. If you want to go there, it's patreon.com slash smartoutmoment. And there's a little thanks button too. Now, if you want to just toss a little spare change our way, that's what the thanks button's about. But if you want to get access to things like the dark cast or the pick your poison tier, that's what the join button is there for, for the uh, YouTube channel membership. Also, if you want to pick up some merchandise, TeePublic and Redbubble are where you can find that stuff, at least temporarily until I figure out something better. But we've got some stuff to talk about here, so let's push those plugs off to the side and let's start talking about Willow Nightingale beating Mercedes uh, Monet and winning that New Japan Championship that I know I was just like, all right, they're going to give it to Mercedes and whatever. I'm shocked about that still. I did not anticipate Willow winning that title. And now Mercedes Monet is also injured. So that's uh, it's not a good weekend for Sasha Banks. How do you guys feel about this? They would have given the belt to Mercedes, but she got injured. She called an audible at the very end because she knew she was hurt. Is that true? Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense then. Good on her. Instead of just being like, yeah, let's just go with the plan and then, you know. And then what? I have to forfeit the belt? Um, yeah, but I mean, a lot of people probably would have done that. There's a lot of stuff to unpack here. And I think that this is a fun topic for us because it will likely display the best dynamic that we have, which is I enjoyed the match a lot and I've enjoyed everything that Mercedes has done. I'm pretty sure Callum is of that same mindset. And I know that you have largely felt like Mercedes has been kind of a dud outside of WWE. Yeah. I mean, but that's also me mostly just watching that one debut. So 
I got to give her more credit than that to be like, yeah, I didn't see the other matches. Uh, this match was amazing. The environment was amazing because it's two black women in the main event of a New Japan show. Yes, it's New Japan in America, but it's, you know, it's still New Japan. Willow deserves this. I wanted her to win before the injury because she's so great. Coming out of this, I think the most important thing for me was hearing Tony Khan put Willow over so strongly on the media call yesterday and saying that only he and Mercedes know what the plans would have been for Mercedes at Forbidden Door. But overall, thumbs up. Thumbs up on the match. Thumbs up on the tournament. Very fun stuff. And Callum, what'd you think? Um, I wasn't, like, blown away by the match. And, like, you might be surprised to hear that in the sense that, realistically, I haven't been super blown away with a lot of what Mercedes has done. I think she's only had one truly great match since joining New Japan, which is against uh, Kairi at that, essentially, her debut match where she won the IWGP Women's title. All the rest of the stuff she's done has been very good, but I feel like it's been affected by short, like, running lengths of matches. I was far more impressed with the um, semi-final match that she had with Stephanie Becker. I thought that was a far better match than the Willow Nightingale one, and, and that was primarily due to the fact they had to rush this due to Mercedes' injury and call an audible to change the result. So, I was like, not to say it's necessarily bad, it certainly wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that I'm more just excited about the result and what it means for Willow Nightingale. I, I, I wouldn't have been shocked if the decision had been made to make Willow Nightingale the champion anyway. I think she'd just be a more consistent, be more consistent in terms of making appearances if that's what they want to do for this belt and have her appear on New Japan Strong regularly and defend the title more regularly on different promotions. That's a good person to put it on. I mean, she embodies the idea of Strong because like, she's, nicknamed the babe with the power so i think that that is she is a very good platform to build upon and decide upon who future champions will be she's contracted to AEW, so that's also good it means she can defend the title on AEW shows so i think overall it would make more of it would make more of an initial splash to have mercedes win the title of course because of her name value but i think long term they might actually benefit from having willow as the first champion is there any indication of how long Mercedes is supposed to be out? Not at the moment. Because what is her injury? Broken ankle. So, yeah. So, like so what broken, happened? Was, broken. Broken. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so what happened it was uh, they went up for a some sort of spot on the top rope. I think it was like Willow was going for some kind of powerbomb or big move, or I think Mercedes was actually going for a uh, sunset. Mercedes was going to hit the code red. Yeah. And- yeah. And uh, so she, and then she just slipped off the top rope, just landed just straight feet first onto the floor. And obviously that can be dangerous if you land incorrectly, which obviously she wasn't expecting to fall off the top rope. So, so yeah, it sucks for her. Like she's only really starting to get going and like she's been doing, as I say, even though I think that at the moment she's only had that one truly great match. I think she's still making really great waves as this standard bearer for women's wrestling in new japan but and so it's a, a shame that it's had to be curtailed for a few months at the very least uh but yeah hopefully she recovers soon and gets better 
So that's one of the New Japan stories. Is there anything else that I'm unaware of that's uh, worth talking about outside of the Aussie Open thing? Um, I mean, there's uh, I mean, nothing huge. I mean, at the moment, the best of Super Juniors is coming to an end. Uh, the finals have been set up now. It's going to be, to my own shock, uh, when I found out earlier today, because obviously the uh, semifinals took place earlier today. Semifinals were Mike Bailey versus Master Watto. And I just assumed, even though Mike Bailey's not signed with New Japan, he's signed with Impact, that, oh, he's got to win that because Mike Bailey's awesome. And they gave it to Master Watto, who sucks. And I don't know why they're doing I don't know why they're doing that. And then the other match was Desperado versus Teton. Teton is a, uh, a primarily from CMLL. And I thought, okay, well, if they're going to have Master Watto win, then they'll make Despi the other one, because Despi's one of the mainstays of uh, New Japan's junior division. And no, he lost to Teton. So now the final is against is between the two guys who I had I had no thoughts could possibly even I had no idea would even be at this stage of the tournament. Let alone I thought they would both be kind of middling or probably lose most of their matches. And now they're the two people competing for the opportunity to face Hiromu at uh, Dominion. And yeah, I have no idea who's going to win that one because I just don't think either of them. I, I don't think either of them are good enough to be the. Uh, junior champion i don't think either of them should beat hiromu for the title I, I guess i would just go with wato because he's the one that's fully signed with new japan but yeah i thought that i think considering how some of how good some of the matches have been in the tournament so far that this final is an absolute dud and really really odd booking by them yeah i can't say i've been following the best super juniors super closely but not putting it not putting at least bailey in the finals Seems a bit strange, given that he's on like the roll of his career. So, I mean, you had a lot. You had a lot of good options for potential finalists or people to put in there. You had Mike Bailey, that's obviously doing great stuff. You have Desperado. You have Hiromu was in the Best of Super Juniors, so you could have made him one of the people in the finals as well if you wanted to. You had Leo Rush in there as well, has been having great matches. It just yeah baffles me to the decision they've decided to make with it, and. There's no real need to talk too much about. Um, oh well, can mention that also on that same show that uh, Mercedes or Willow won the strong championship. Um, they also determined that uh, Will Ospreay defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi, which means that he's going into the finals of the uh, number one contenders tournament to determine the next challenger for Kenny Omega's US championship. It's going to be Will Ospreay versus Lance Archer at Dominion. I for and one can't they- wait for. Lance Archer and Kenny Omega, I don't know about you. And they also set in motion the idea of Okada versus uh, Moxley at some show, and everyone's kind of presuming that's going to be Forbidden Door. So that'd be fun as well. Um, current, we, won't, we don't need to talk about um, Dominion just yet because that's next Sunday, and there's, uh, there's still matches that need to be fully determined for that, so... But yeah, we can do a preview of that show next week. Well, there is the other thing that I mentioned earlier. Uh, New Japan's Aussie Open is now signed with All Elite Wrestling. So one member of the team, uh, Mark Davis, is currently out with an injury, but Kyle Fletcher has been popping up. So yet another team brought in to help out the uh, bolstering of the roster of AEW. I'm not super duper familiar with Aussie Open, especially these two, but for what the little bit that I've seen, I mean, 
hey, look at that. Bring another good team in there. Why not? I, I would say at this moment in time, they're a top five tag team in the world. Maybe even saying top five is doing them a bit of a disservice. Uh, up until Mark Davis's injury, they were both the New Japan uh, IWGP tag team champions and the New Japan Strong tag team champions. First team to hold them both simultaneously and sadly have been forced to vacate both of them due to uh, Mark Davis's injury. I believe it was a um, to meniscus injury, So, but I don't know the extent of how or how long it will be out for. Uh, Carl Fletcher is a real like prodigy talent and I think that he'll be a strong single star once the team, if if and when the team uh, disbands. But uh, and he, I think he gave a glimpse of that in the match that he had with uh, Orange Cassidy on Dynamite, which was very good. As is every match that Orange Cassidy has anyway, so I guess uh, you can't really tell by that too much. But I think that, uh, yeah, it's an excellent team to have a part of the roster. I mean, I was at uh, the uh, Royal Quest show a couple of, um, well, almost a year back now, so quite a few months back. But that was when I saw FTR versus Aussie Open live and in person, and that was the it's one of the best matches I've ever seen live. So I hope they run that back at some point in under the AEW banner. But it's great, uh, a great signing for the company. And I think it's also a clear indication that if Will Ospreay does ever move away from New Japan, that this probably would be his ideal destination. I think we can all get behind that. Uh, Aussie Open is great. Kyle Fletcher is, as Callum said, a phenomenal prodigy. I think he'll be a great single star. They've largely been used in ROH but I'd like to see them more on the AEW side of things. And great signing for Tony Khan overall. And what is a great summer so far for Tony Khan? So where should we go next? What do you guys want to hop on? Wherever you guide us, Tony. (laughs) Well, we did talk most of the pay-per-view type stuff. And to my knowledge, nothing has changed since running down all those things um maybe something you know i mean if you get into the whole specifics of like the media calls and all yeah they might add an la night match tonight of champions but you know they might just do that based off of tonight's smackdown and we already know the spoilers for tonight's smackdown so that's another thing like you spoiler alert you know la night beats rick boogs maybe they end up putting a match like that on the kickoff or something uh, maybe they put like Cameron Grimes against Baron Corbin in there or something along those lines. I don't really know. I don't think we're going to get any more information about that until at least later on tonight. We know that things are going to change with Rampage, but we talked about that as well. The pay-per-view stuff seems to be pretty much covered, but when I had gone through, you know, just a couple news sites and stuff earlier, I didn't see anything that was really standing out to me. So let's go back and talk about the other stuff from some of the other kind of tie-in stories that we can talk about with the other episodes that we've already talked about before. One of them being on Monday Night Raw, we got a continuation of, of course, building everything for Night of Champions and also that stuff. We don't really need to get into like, hey, Brock attacked Cody and whatever. Yeah, we already talked about that for uh, for that portion of that. But Better life, kid. Yeah, we, yeah, we talked about the burial of... Uh, the um, Mustafa Ali whole situation with Gunther and all. Um, one thing that we haven't really talked much about yet is the women's tag team championship situation. Now, Liv Morgan falls from an injury. 
And Dakota Kai is also injured as well. Same match. So that was a great match to, uh, you know, if you could go back in time and just undo that, I'm sure that they would. But they followed that up with this whole idea that Raquel Rodriguez vacated the championship along with Liv Morgan and that she would get another tag team partner to end up setting up a four-way between her and her partner, um, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey, Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green, and what was the other team? Uh, Bailey and Io? Uh, yeah, Damage Control. Yeah. So, first off, it was blank. Who is Raquel's partner? We found out on Monday Night Raw, it's Shotzi. Did you guys have the same sort of reaction after reading that that I did, which was just... Oh, okay, that makes sense. She's one of the only other few people that she hasn't won the tag team championship with yet, so they're just the revolving door, and there's no way that she's winning whatsoever anyway, but just a sort of, like, huh, sigh. Yeah, I immediately knew it was Shotzi because I was like, there's no one else. Right. There's no other babyface, and they're not calling up anyone special for this. Like, it could have been Tegan... It could have been maybe that they switch up and have like a kind of like, okay, well, like Natty, you'll be in that situation. And then we can have a stare down between uh, Raquel and Rhea at some point to tease that in the future. They weren't going to go with Becky. They weren't going to go with anybody like that. So it was pretty much, you know, it's Shotzi or it's, I don't know, Nikki Cross or something. But uh, officially, as far as like, you know, putting it out there. Let's give our predictions. Is there any chance whatsoever that Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler don't win these tag titles on Monday? I am flabbergasted by how, I don't want to say insignificant, but Ronda Rousey has somehow managed to blend into the furniture at WWE. And I don't know if that's a failure on performance part or the booking, but Ronda Rousey should not be just random woman in tag match. She has to win. I hope that it leads to greater things for the belts and greater things for Ronda and Shayna, because while you have them, you really should be using them to the best of their ability. And Ronda is a huge star that I just don't feel like has been presented as such since losing to Liv Morgan a year ago. Yeah, I'd say Ronda and Shayna are probably the overwhelming favourites of this. The only thing that would stop them probably winning is if one of them gets injured again. <laughs> which could um, happen. Yeah, which yeah, which is evidently possible if you saw the kick that Ronda Rousey gets to Raquel <laughs> Rodriguez a, a little while back. But um, Or just the track record that everybody needs to tear their ACL lately. Well, it just depends what the plans are for her. Like, if they have any kind of vision for her to be challenging for like one of the main women's titles in the near future, then maybe they'll keep the tag titles away from her. But yeah, I'd say if I was going like some sort of pecking order, I'd say they're the favorites, the outright favorites. And then I'd probably go Chelsea and Sonya just because I think they like them mm-hmm. and find them funny. So if they want to just take it in a comedy direction, they'll go there. Probably the least favorites are now Raquel and, Shotzi, maybe damage control as well, because we don't know how long damage control is going to last, but they might just now, because of Dakota's injury, might feel like, okay, we've got to drag this out now and not turn Bailey or turn EO on each other because we're going to wait until Dakota gets back. And considering the fact that she 
well, maybe they either it could either accelerate because that didn't uh, Dakota tear her ACL. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, she's going to be out for nearly a year probably after that. So but that's going to suck. Yeah, it's it's a bit strange that these women's tag team titles. Maybe they were made of like monkey paw material <laughs> or something. It's one of the cursed belts ever, and I I have to think Ronda and Shayna, if not just because they're Ronda and Shayna, but there's also the caveat of whomever holds these belts can go in between shows, mm-hmm. and that leads me to say. Ronda and Shayna, because why wouldn't you want Ronda Rousey on every single possible show you can get her on? Or they just really like having Sonya and Chelsea to lose to everybody. So you put the bells on them so they can go in between shows. That's about where my mentality is here. So you mentioned the monkey's paw situation and all. The women's tag team titles, both on the main roster and the NXT roster, are like the most cursed belts. But one element of this that they haven't bothered to do anything with yet is they still have Alba Fire and Isla Dawn on the main roster with those NXT women's tag titles. And they're just not addressing it. Again, like the whole Raw and SmackDown women's titles beyond the opposite brands and all. I had thought, okay, well, maybe we're going to get... Because obviously Raquel and Liv weren't meant to win those titles. That's pr- like, it's been clear from the very start. Ronda and Shayna were meant to go into WrestleMania, win those championships, and then have some sort of a storyline. I don't know exactly what. So I don't even know what they're planning on doing with these belts, period. But they pivot. They go with Raquel and Liv. That last couple weeks or so, Liv gets her injury. They're back around to the same plan that they had originally. But... Somewhere along the lines, they had this plan of bringing up those NXT women's tag titles, or the champions at the very least. I don't think that they're splitting that and making that like the SmackDown women's tag team championships or anything along those lines. But it doesn't strike me that the big game plan is Ronda and Shayna against Alba and Isla. All the uh, names that ended in A. Uh, That just seems weird to me because I think that Rhonda and Shayna are going to stay heel for a long time. And I don't think Al Ben Eiler are going to turn babyface either. So I'm really curious what their whole mission is with this and their end game. But I'm imagining Rhonda and Shayna are winning those belts and carrying them for a long time to separate them from the rest of the roster. And they're just going to feud with whoever they decide to put into a tag team the way that they've normally been doing that. Really quick side note, though, uh, I really like how Samantha Irvin has so much more fun when she's doing her announcing job that she I noticed recently. Not only does she obviously announce Imperium in like a special way, but she's been doing it with Chelsea Green. You guys picked up on that? Um, I picked up on Maxine Dupree, but I I hadn't picked up on Chelsea. She's like, uh, I can't really do a good impression of it, but she's like. You know, weighing in or whatever, like Chelsea Green, kind of like obnoxious sort of thing. I really like it. She's doing a good job with her. Uh, yeah, at least she spot. has fun with it. She reminds me a lot of Morrow in that way that they're just starting to like. Here's a video of Samantha Irvin because she's actually trying. Yeah, got some personality, and yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so that's something that's coming up. Those women's tag titles are not on the line for Night of Champions because, as we've established before, Night of Champions isn't Night of Champions. It's just Clash of Champions with uh, the Knight name back onto it, and not even LA Knight. So no United States title on there, no Universal Championship on there, no women's tag titles on there. As far as the United States title, we already know what happens. Go ahead and check out the spoilers for that. But another set of predictions for next week on Monday Night Raw are based off of the Money in the Bank qualifiers. And they have yet to announce who is in any kind of capacity challenging to become a qualifying member of this. But between the men's and the women's matches, we got some room to speculate here. And Night of Champions, of course, is going to influence some of that too. But the setup that they've normally been doing is around seven or so people in the match. We would assume that they're probably not going to just suddenly go back to having 10 and obviously champions are not included in that. But if you're looking at the roster right now, who do you think on raw? Who do you think on SmackDown? Let's just say theoretically you go and you split it four and four, you go with eight people. Um, Who's standing out to you as potential Money in the Bank qualifiers? You think they're going with the rumors of like a Chad Gable? You think that they're going to go with just the obvious big names like the Cody Rhodes names and all that group or any kind of like spoilers or, you know, upsets that you can't anticipate? I would suggest that Cody Rhodes will be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. I think there's a good chance that a member of Judgment Day. I'm thinking Dominic. I'm also thinking Dominic, but then if Dominic is in, I can see Priest also being there. I could I could see Shinsuke being in the match as well, but that's already four. And I don't know. Like, Logan Paul's a free agent. I expect him to be at least one of the eight. On the SmackDown side of things, Theory feels likely... I'd like to see them put Edge in. I'd like Edge to just do things while he's there before he, you know, has to go away. And then I'd probably say throw AJ in there because he's good in ladder matches. And I feel like for a more surprise pick, I'd throw throw Karrion Cross. You know, it's like, oh, he could win. He might not, but he could. That's my men's picks. I think I'd go, at least on SmackDown, either Rey Mysterio or Santos Escobar, just to kind of get that faction in there. I do think that there's a good chance that AJ Styles might be in there as like a follow-up, because I don't think that he's winning this belt. So maybe that's kind of the thing. But I wouldn't shock me at all if they go with Bobby Lashley instead to kind of fill that spot. They do have a couple other names that they could put in there i mean they could put Cameron grimes in there they could put grayson waller in there if they really want to give them a boost just from the start carrying cross is perpetually on that list of like i mean if they want to push somebody they can but they never do so i i'm kind of going uh at this point i think an la night makes more sense sheamus of course has a, an opportunity to do that that's six people on that list right there if not seven or eight uh I don't think Austin Theory will necessarily be in there. 
But then again, I didn't think that Austin Theory was going to cash in and win the United States title and all. Uh, but he didn't cash in and win. That's right. He cashed in and lost and then won it later. They really got to fix that fucking money in the bank this year. Um, I do think Dominic is going to get in there because I think that they are loving the heel heat that he's getting. And if he is starting to climb that money in the bank briefcase ladder match and really get the crowd nervous and all, I think that that's a good chance. Talk about the women's in a minute, but uh, Cal, any of those people standing out to you as potential qualifiers? Um, it's hard to really say because I don't watch the show, so I don't know who's being positioned potentially to do well or not. Um, not that that stopped WWE from throwing random people in there either. In the yeah, past. I'm saying like that doesn't much weight. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it was up to me, I'd probably go on the raw side. The four that I would choose are probably, I'd go Priest over Dominic. Not that Dominic doesn't get great heel heat. It's just I think Damien has like a greater ceiling than Dominic does. Um, I'd probably go throw Shinsuke in there. He seems to be doing well. You throw Ricochet in there just to do some cool fun spots, even though he's not going to win. And then probably, because I don't think Cody's going to go into it based on stuff now. Now I'm, now I'm kind of on the boat of, yeah, he's probably not going to be in Money in the Bank at this point. And like maybe a Bronson Reed to be like a big guy that just throws people off ladders and stuff. I like it. Uh, SmackDown, oh. you should prone a member of the LWO, so I'd probably go Santos. Um. I would say Silas Koa, but he's going to be probably involved in stuff with the bloodline, so probably not him. So then, yeah, I'd go Cameron Grimes, Montez Ford, and, yeah, someone like Grayson Waller, I think, would be good as well, just to put some uh, some fresh face in there. I mean, realistically, maybe you should have somebody that's well-established win it like an AJ Styles or an Edge but I always thought Money in the Bank is the one that you kind of give to give and I know Rob disagrees but to be the one that you give to the younger guys whereas Royal Rumble can be for more established names yeah it's not that I flat out disagree it's just that they haven't been doing a good enough job that I want I want the briefcase rehabbed almost more than I want Royal Rumble rehabbed at this point and I think you need to put it on somebody who will actively make it interesting. After so many years of the Money in the Bank scenario not being interesting. And I like a lot of the names you threw out there. I like the idea of Montez and Money in the Bank. I like the idea of Waller and Grimes as well. I wish we could do, we can't because there's only one for the men and one for the women. But I'd like an idea like they did 10 years ago where it was like, Here's your all-stars match, and then here's a match specifically of people who have never been world champion. You know? Like, I like that idea of, hey, we're going to give it to somebody new. So they have a group with, like, Gargano and Reed and Grimes and Waller and and Dominic and, yeah. And Dominic and... Chad Gable. and And then it's, okay, so for the... That's for the new world title belt. And then for the Roman belt, you know, you have the all-stars. Like Lashley, AJ, Edge, whatever. I still think that this whole Money in the Bank thing is going to be another failure this year. And that they're going to just have... I mean, they're 
it's been over 10 years of them being like predominantly money in the bank winners lose and Royal Rumble winners lose. I don't understand why they don't want to have these people win things anymore. Or if they're just thinking, hey, that's only a platform to push somebody to lose. And haha, we keep getting it over and over and over again. Or if they specifically think that that's like the more that we do that, then the more shocking it'll be when we actually have the person win and follow through with it or what, or I don't know. But I'm not thinking that somebody like a JD McDonough, for instance, is going to win money in the bank and then cash in and beat Roman Reigns. It's not happening. But I also don't think that the world heavyweight champion is going to get cashed in on successfully either. So I'm anticipating another failure this year for the men's briefcase for the women's. I don't know. Uh, looking at the list of people that we have, I mean, there are a lot of people that could be in this match and, you know, compete in a you know great capacity, whether they're somebody lower on the end, like Candice LeRae, who probably wouldn't end up winning this, winning the championship, or there's somebody higher on the end. Like, you know, if you put in somebody like a, uh, I mean, if you, if you were to put Ronda Rousey or somebody in there, then uh, they skyrocket towards the top of potentially winning that. But I could see them bringing back Charlotte Flair for this role. I would I, say Charlotte Flair hasn't won the briefcase yet. I could see Asuka potentially at least competing for it, let alone, you know, possibly winning it. But I am not thinking that they're really looking at somebody like a Lacey Evans right now to win that. I highly, highly doubt that there are a lot of people behind the scenes being like, oh, let's put this on BFAB. You know what I mean? But I mean, they might go with somebody like a Meechin. They might go with somebody like uh, a Piper Niven or whatever. They, without saying the uh, qualifying matches, it's hard to tell who's even in the running for this. But Becky Lynch is my top option right now. So they haven't had a woman's failure yet, have they? Uh, I think that they have, haven't they? I don't think so. No, no, no. A woman has no, not failed to has has not has not failed the cash in. If we're going for I mean, that oh, yeah. angle, I, I immediately go Chelsea Green. But I don't actively book like I just want to see someone fail. But if we so it said to me, all right, that's the angle we want to do this year. And I say Chelsea wins, and then Chelsea fails. They do have a tendency, and you're right, nobody's failed. They also have a really strong tendency that they get this off the women immediately, almost. Yes. Like yeah, only they, one of them's held it for more than a day, right? So Correct. Alexa cashed in at uh, Money in the Bank. Same event. Bailey cashed in. Alexa, stop. Alexa, stop. Oh, my God, I hate that so much. That is why I don't say that name. I always have to say bliss. I forget about that. So Bliss cashed in at Money in the Bank. That, that was in 2018. Uh, 2019, Bailey cashed in at Money in the Bank. 2022, Liv Morgan cashed in at Money in the Bank. The only ones that haven't are Nikki A.S.H., who was on the Monday Night he Raw. In less than <laughs> right, the Monday Night Raw right afterwards. So it's basically the same thing. And the first one, Carmella, who won it and then had to win it back a second time. And then, uh, you know, that was April... Um, Oh, and SmackDown when she won that second thing and all and whatever. And but she held it for a good seven months. 
Yeah. So the first time around they did that second time around, they're like, no, we need to just immediately get it off the women. And when you do that four times in a row, it's hard to not think that there's a pattern that's happening there that they specifically don't want to bother with it. So that immediately makes me go, okay, well, who can win money in the bank and cash in very quickly and just be like, all right, that's it. This also doesn't count. Um, the Asuka thing that it was like for the championship and whatever. Well, but, I count that in as she cashed in the next day, basically. Right. Yeah. This, this list doesn't have her listed down there though, that for 2020, but that, you know, five times in a row, then it was immediately gone. So yeah, they could very easily just have it be, we'll give it to Chelsea green and she tries to cash in on Bianca Belair. And she loses or something. I don't have a whole lot of faith that they're going to do something great, but until they announce the competitors that are even qualifying for it, then we don't even know who's in the running. Cause maybe they end up wanting to do something with somebody like, uh, uh, um, Zoe Stark, or maybe they are planning on doing something fun with Rhonda or whatever. So um, I, I realized I didn't actually say like other women, I think could be involved. Uh, Zelina Vega, I think should be absolutely, they should still ride that wave for whatever it's worth of backlash while people are still like kind of into her. I think there's a good chance if she's sticking around and was drafted to Raw, I see no harm in putting Trish Stratus in the Money in the Bank ladder match. I believe, you know, Tony said Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is a great shout. Natty. She's in that era right now where she's in things. So maybe Natty. <laughs> in really? that era, though, she's in the things. <laughs> no, like, like, seriously, everybody. No, she does she's, that. Yeah. You know, she's signaling right now. Where they have, once, once a year, usually around the summer, you got to put them in things. So maybe Natty gets in this. Um, I'd like to see Bliss come back. I'd like to see she just be the goddess come back. But I'd like to see Bliss come back. Maybe we just call up Roxanne. Who knows? I again until they announce things, it's hard to tell. But they've got a lot of opportunities to do something fun here. Famous last words from me. <laughs> All right. Well, one thing we didn't address with the Liv Morgan situation, and we brought up Charlotte Flair earlier, but going back around to them they're doing something that Seth Rollins is doing. Seth Rollins is off filming a movie for Marvel. They're off filming a movie about Mildred Burke, Charlotte Flair and Liv Morgan are going to be in that biopic, which you know, I haven't really seen their acting skills in any capacity, but certainly plenty of people have crossed over perfectly fine. So there's a chance that they could pull this off. I had never heard that this project was even in the works. So that just came out of nowhere to me. It was like, they're both cast in a movie about Mildred Burke since when are they working on a Mildred Burke movie? But, um, as far as the casting is concerned for that, turns out that Emily bet records is going to be Mildred Burke. She's from the Arrowverse for anybody that used to watch the green hour show that started off really cool for two seasons and then ended up sucking. And then the whole CW thing pretty much collapsed and turned into garbage. Uh, <laughs> it's sad. It's what it is. But, um, yeah, that just ended uh, the other day, I think Flash had like its 20th season or whatever, and uh, that ended. But 
Um, Emily Bat Records was uh, Felicity Smoke on that show. She was essentially Oracle because that show was essentially we let's do Batman without doing Batman. Um, sure, I don't know if uh, she's necessarily the best person for it, but probably she's you know she's good enough actress. Uh, Flair is going to be June Byers, and Morgan is going to be Clara Mortensen. I have no idea who Clara Mortensen is. I know the name June Byers, of course, but who the hell is Clara Mortensen? Just some wrestler that is completely out of my uh, <laughs> my level of fandom. Not that I'm super familiar with June Byers either, but what do you guys think about this idea of them being cast in this movie and this movie happening in general? Well, just to clarify, first of all, uh, Clara Mortensen was a a lot uh, was a popular drawing female uh, professional wrestler in the late 30s and early 40s. It's kind of a big deal for when uh, women were like quite prominently featured in professional wrestling because of the war going on at that point as well. So, so most of the male professional wrestlers were off fighting, so the women uh, came to the forefront then. Um, yeah, I mean it's cool for them. I assume that they would just be picked for those types of movies i don't i mean I, I don't know maybe it'll go well for a uh a launching pad something else but i imagine they're just going to be in roles because they know how to wrestle and can put on convincing wrestling matches that are being filmed with whoever the actress is they've decided that's going to play mildred burke who probably isn't a wrestler that's no she's not that's the emily bet records one i was talking about oh yeah oh yeah so oh yeah so yeah in which case she's uh yeah it's unlikely that uh They'll need to make her look convincing, and so that's probably the main reason they're in. I mean, Charlotte's June Byers, and June Byers is a fairly recognisable name to a degree, like something that people would have some sort of conscious memory of. Uh, means that she probably ha- will have somewhat of a more prominent role. I think Liv's just there to, you know, work for the most part. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I can't possibly uh, potentially see this as a springboard into Hollywood for either of them, unfortunately. <laughs> Just doing a comparison between them over their pictures and stuff, they don't really look like any of them. Like, just Maybe. putting a. I mean, a lot of them they tend to like. Uh, you watch on Young Rock, a lot of them tend to be as close as I've they looked, possibly can get. I, I, you you say this. I look at when I've seen those clips of like Young Rock. They don't look anything like the actual wrestlers. They don't. No, like that little clip that was going around of like Rock in the Attitude Era locker room with like Triple H and uh, the Triple H one. Uh, no, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that, well, none of them look. None of them seem to look like the actual person. I they did a good think. job enough with the '80s people, but when they got to the '90s, they were just like, yeah, they you get it. In. You yeah, get yeah. It. I mean, fundamentally, these are people that were wrestling like 80, 90 years ago, so it doesn't really matter that they yeah. don't look exactly like the person. I'm always of the type that I think that you should try to cast somebody that looks as close as possible unless it really ultimately doesn't matter. But, you know, certain people have more iconic looks to them. Like if you're casting a Prince movie, you, you got to look like Prince. You can't just be like, all right, let's get, you know, Danny DeVito to play Prince or something. Although I'm sure that that would be a fucking amazing movie. But like, I, I, uh, yeah, Mildred Burke, like, you know, she doesn't look like Charlotte Flair or, um, June Byers doesn't look like Charlotte Flair, but is anybody going to be like, you know, Hey, that's not necessarily like yeah, people realistically don't really know who a lot I of these ones look like. I would hope that they would just do their hair, you know? I mean, like you can at least fill in some of the parts that you can do and then, you know, worry about the rest of it after. 
Oh, I'm sure they're going to do that. Like they're going to put some makeup on them and all, but sometimes Hollywood can really turn somebody into something that they don't look anything like it. I mean, look at, uh, the most recent Batman movie where it was like, okay, the penguin's going to be played by Colin Farrell. And it was like, what Colin Farrell's, he doesn't look anything like penguin. And then when you see the makeup and everything, the prosthetics, you're like that, that's Colin Farrell. What the fuck? I don't think that they have anywhere near the budget that they're going to pull off something like that. But then again, I don't think that this is going to be a really huge project period. You know, this doesn't strike me as, a major movie that's coming out in like any capacity. I mean, you know, something like the fighting with my family movie had the rock behind it and all, and that was still barely a major release. This strikes me as the type of thing. that's probably going to just be put on one of those streaming services. I don't know exactly when they're going to put it out there, but it's based off of a book called queen of the ring. So if anybody is into that, then that's another thing going forward. And, you know, I mean, maybe when that gets released, I don't know exactly when the release is supposed to be happening, but when it does, yeah, maybe we'll watch it and do something on the channel about it. I don't know. This isn't my I'm favorite like, era, so it's not something I'm, like, super keen to dive deep into. I'm way more into the Yvonne Eric movie that's coming just because A24 is just killing it in everything they do. It makes some good movies, I'm yeah. Way more into that. That's going to be a much bigger deal, yeah. And, you know, I mean, that too, of course, if we decide that uh, we want to do some kind of a fan ounce table or fan tracks or something, then you'll find out more about that. You can always make sure that we do if you want to do the pick of poison for any of these things. Anytime that there's a movie that's a crossover between pro wrestling and stuff that I could put over on fanboysanonymous.com, then, you know, there's always a chance that something like that Rumble movie that we had watched before or you know, when we did the no holds barred thing or something and we still got ready to rumble. We still got to do that at some point. So, you know, I mean, any of those things along those lines, uh, you know, go to fanboysanonymous.com and share support for stuff over there. But that's pretty interesting that we're going to get more movie content. And yeah, obviously we're definitely going to talk about Captain America when that comes around, but that's just because it's Marvel. So, Outside of those topics, I don't have anything other than to round out the rest of the TV talk, which a lot of that factors into the pay-per-view stuff. So we already did a lot of it, but let's kind of uh, double check that there isn't anything else that we haven't talked about yet. One of them being on the NXT side, you know, we talked Lyra Valkyria beating Cora Jade and so on and so forth, but we didn't talk about scripts. (laughs) Oh my God. I forgot about this. Yeah, Dabakato beat Axiom, and he was going to continue to wail on Axiom after the match. And then Reggie showed up. Sudden babyface turn. He is wearing a blue outfit. Uh, he has no mask on. He is just Reggie. They're not addressing him as just Reggie yet, but he pops up they out did. of nowhere. And then, oh, they did on commentary? I didn't catch they, that. They did. Uh, but everybody's chanting Reggie and all. He tries to help Axiom, and Axiom's like, yeah, what the hell, man? I'm not, uh, I'm not your friend. Uh, they dropped the scripts thing. That's great. Still not really digging this at all, but I got to say, I'm a little disappointed that we're not going to have more content for the end of the year where we might just still end up giving scripts a lot of the worst stuff. Cause if it's just, okay, well now it's Reggie. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's an upgrade as far as scripts was terrible. Yeah. I'm but of the does, opinion that now it needs to just be a kid. 
Maybe, yeah. Just Reggie and A-Kid. And just be like, hey, how about you get rid of the Axiom mask and all? Because I'm not really digging the Axiom thing either. I mean, it's, I don't like the name. I don't like... They dropped the whole, like, you're a big mathematics wizard or whatever the fuck that was. But I don't even like the entrance. I think that that's kind of hokey and all. Uh, I like the the actual mask. It looks pretty cool. It's better than the script's one. But yeah, this is uh, this was something that popped me. I thought it was funny as all hell that Reggie just pops up and it's just like... Yep, you got rid of the scripts thing. Somebody woke up and went, you know, this sucks, right? <laughs> and then moved on. <laughs> the funniest thing to me about this was in the build-up to this match, they're showing Axiom unmask Reggie, and Big Joseph goes, Book, that was Reggie, did you know? And Booker T, who just does whatever he wants, just goes, you didn't know that? Nick, <laughs> do your job. This is like... <laughs> That popped me on Tuesday night so much. I guess it's just because after watching NWA and then NXT, you just you get a little goofy. But Booker T is my favorite thing about Tuesday nights, and take that for whatever you will. <laughs> Feel free to interrupt at any time, uh, Callum. I'm not going to pitch it to you because I know you weren't watching, but if you want to jump in and give us your thoughts on scripts or whatever, go ahead. Um, I'm good. Yeah, I figured that was uh, much the case. Tony D'Angelo's whole situation with being interrogated by the police and for crimes that they still haven't said are just, hey, why are you killing people on screen? That, yeah, that, factored, that factored into the whole tag team title situation and all, the Tyler Bates stuff as well. Uh, Hank and Tank had their match. Hank Walker beat Tank Ledger, and then they both got attacked by Braun Breaker, so he could just look at the camera and be like, yeah, I got a match, remember? Uh, let's so take a tank thing. Have long-term storytelling for uh, Keanu James and Briggs Jensen. Yeah, Jensen. that's the ultimate payoff of this whole thing. Is Braun Breaker says I'm going to fight Carmella. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week we're going to have a weaponized steel cage match between JG Dolan and JC Jane to finish off that feud once and for all. So we're going to be done with the my family life blah blah promos from gg and the i beat you up because i was the better person in our stable thing from jc i'm past this feud so i'm good with this being done i'm not the biggest fan of that they just went with the name weaponized steel cage match that that they did it once or twice before but it's like no that's firmly the name of it now it's bland give it another name well you can't call it the ambrose asylum yeah but they could call it something else like you just call the asylum, but yeah, you just—they uh, did the. Um, I don't remember if it was on NXT or if it was on the main roster, but they had done a match before that they just called an asylum match. I could do that. I'd think better names probably out there. I'm really giving it too much thought, but I'm a little surprised this isn't loser leaves NXT and this isn't just Gigi's swan song. I don't know what her status is, but. When you're posting things on social media, like I miss PK, assuming that that's Priscilla Kelly, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe she's not digging her run in NXT all that much right now. Maybe she thought she'd come in, be a big deal, win the championship and be like the featured person. And then now that she's been just a member of a three person stable and then hey, Mandy leaves, now it's time for you to really push me, and then that doesn't happen. Maybe she's like, well, if I really want to be in NXT, if I can do the same thing elsewhere. Then again, I don't know when her contract's up, so I don't know. 
Speaking of contracts being up, this is really a bad NXT. I'm sorry, Callum, were you going to say something? Oh, I was going to say that, like, if she does move on, then she probably almost certainly won't be going to AEW then. I guess that is fair. Could um, go to, like, Impact or NWA and be a hot shot there, though. Uh, Shawn Michaels addressed the dyad requesting their release. And I really enjoyed his answer. I think this is the kind of answer you should be giving. This is the kind of mentality you should have when a talent asks for their release. He's like, look, I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't want them to stay here. However, I'm glad that the wrestling world is has grown to where they can still have a fulfilling career elsewhere. That being said, I'm damn sure going to use them while they're here because I think they're too good not to just let them sit out. That's a fair like, response. I, I, like, yeah, that seems so much more genuine than what it what it appears to be sometimes on the main roster. And I really appreciated that answer. And there's proof to it, too, because they are still putting them on television, as opposed to a lot of other people where it would be like, okay, Roderick Strong wants to leave, and... Nah, we don't want to lose you to the competition. We don't want to do anything with you, but we don't want to lose you to the competition. So how about you just sit out for nine months? Then you're not getting anything out of the person. You're not even jobbing them out, which I could understand if you wanted to do it that way. At least the dyad's doing this. I mean, they are losing matches and everything, because why would you bother to push them at this point? But the idea of, hey, we're keeping them around because we're trying to convince them to stay... That checks. Uh, while we're talking about Shawn Michaels' answers on media calls, I was, I was very uh, in favor of his response to Nick Hausman asking him, so you guys are going head-to-head with AEW. Is this going to be a thing that you're going to do moving forward? Is this what we should expect? And he said, look, this was it was Memorial Day weekend, and we had Saudi on Saturday. I don't have too much control over this. I prefer when we're by ourselves. I don't even like when we go up against playoff games on Tuesdays. So the less competition, the better for me, which to me is such a better answer than, oh my God, pal, everything is competition. It's like, shut up. Mm-hmm. Like, Stop spinning it you, and just be honest. <laughs> of course you want the night to yourself. Like, I appreciate that answer. So much more refreshing when people just act like human beings instead of corporate, uh, you know, what did the chat GPT thing <laughs> pump out? That's like, what buzzword can I use out here? Uh, opportunity. That's the word we're going to throw out today is uh, there's so many opportunities elsewhere, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, even just the structure being like, it's a premium live event. The amount of times that I see where it's like, you know, Roman Reigns scheduled for upcoming PLEs. And I'm like, no, nope, I'm not calling it PLEs. PPV. That's what it is. It's pay-per-view. You're paying to watch it. Anyway, Luca Crucifino is now on NXT. And I don't know why that he's not involved in this Tony D'Angelo thing where you would specifically yeah, have the Italian guy is in a situation with the cops. And then let's debut this Italian guy. And he's a lawyer. And instead, he's more like, what's up with your head, Von Wagner? Which is like, why is the story a fucking thing? I don't get it. But that's the thing. That's the last thing to talk about for NXT at the very least. 
uh you missing out on uh, a lot of stuff there callum of this story of what's up with this picture of you as a kid you're not missing out on shit callum. <laughs> you do what you're doing. Well, as far as aew is concerned and dynamite you know again we talked about a lot of the things leading up to double or nothing what stuff is out there that we have not addressed yet we talked about house black a little bit there they had beaten blake christian ar fox and metalik there was of course more stuff with like juice robinson and all we kind of factor that into the battle royal looking through this i'm not seeing anything that we didn't already touch upon except for maybe that we didn't really get into roderick strong beating daniel garcia but uh outside of that i mean lucha bros beat claudio and wheeler to retain the rh world tag team titles that's not really super duper building towards that Blackpool Combat Club at RK in the arena match, but it was something. So, hey, there you go. That happened. If you're following the ROH side of things, no title change in that front. If you're following the ROH side of things, let's talk about a 19-match, three-hour television show last night. It was three hours? That's what it was? It lasted three hours. So why? Because, well, one, because they can. Two, Tony was very clear that like the stuff that was filmed at Universal a couple weeks ago absolutely had to be finished by this episode. Really? Some kind of contract thing? I don't know. I don't know if it's a contract thing. Maybe it's just the way they're going to start telling stories beginning next week. It needed to happen that way. But it was it was a good show. But when a lot of it is, you know, matches for the sake of matches. And there's also, on on my front, there's also uh, Impact to watch and try to keep track of because they have a show tonight with Under Siege. You're just sort of like, damn, I hate that you're doing this because I can't devote my full attention to you. Yeah, that's at least the way I feel about it in, in that regard. The matches themselves, really fun. You know, Claudio beat Serpentico. Athena beat Promise Braxton, who I think you'll be seeing a lot more of in the wrestling space. Kira Hogan is Athena's next challenger. That's next week. Uh, Joe and Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Daniels and Seidel. So they're kind of on a collision course with one another. No pun intended. And yeah, I, I was a big fan of a lot of what I saw last night. Did you catch Ring of Honor, Cal? I haven't uh, been able to watch it yet. So, But I'm going to check out at least some of the bigger matches. And I do have the opportunity to. That's good. None of that sounds like anything that I feel like I missed out on. They're like, oh man, Serpentico oh, this, against this is Claudia. Not a show for you. Yeah, this is literally. <laughs> we're doing matches. Yeah. That's about it. I mean, at this point, I'm so oversaturated with wrestling and it's only from WWE and AEW that I'm. Any opportunity I get to not watch something, I'm taking it. Like, I am not watching SmackDown tonight live and, you know, sitting through two hours worth of oh let's check out that video package that's going to lead into this night of champions thing and let's recap what happened on monday night raw fuck you i'm going to spend 10 minutes watching that episode skipping through the majority of it that's going to be it that's if i were lucky i might end up just not even bothering to do that to be perfectly honest but we do have a lot of content coming your way from this weekend that we will have to watch you know, when it comes to the pay-per-views and all because those are the most important so of course stay tuned for all that stuff happening tomorrow with night of champions 
And then following that on Sunday night with the NXT Battleground and Double or Nothing pay-per-view point post shows. So make sure that you are sticking around on SmartOutMoment.com for any kind of updates and the live coverage and all. If you are on Facebook, go to Facebook.com slash group slash The Mega Maniacs and we'll have our live discussion threads there for anybody that wants to chat that uh, content up on that front. Of course, we'll have the chat on the live post shows we'll have the chat underneath though in the comments section if you're not able to listen live you'll be able to chime in with your opinions there you know whatever it is that you're doing that let us know uh what you're thinking and all and make sure that you are obviously going over to fanboysanonymous.com checking out things like the blueprint project that i have way 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 more passion for than to watch something like you know the series of matches that are ultimately kind of pointless but stay tuned for more of the Absolute Power Rangers and Mighty Morphin Epic and a lot more when it comes to the Batman and Nighttime Story 100 Records from the Wayne Foundation Archives. Chapter 4 is coming along here. I, if I didn't have these pay-per-views to do this weekend, it would definitely be done. I'm like just a few hours away from finishing that just to try to figure out some more, you know, hey, how can I find a picture of somebody looking down a well? that fits this perfectly well. And let's try to get the AI to generate that and all. Um, that's a spoiler for part nine of this. Uh, so yeah, anything on that front you can find under a mango tree.com and Anthony mango.com. This is all the same tree. All these branches are my brain just spiraling out of control. So if you want to go and check out all those things that you find there, you can even find my personal accounts at Tony Mango on Facebook and Twitter and elsewhere. So click on all those things, like and subscribe and share and favorite and follow and all that good stuff. And do the same things for Rob and for Callum. Yep, you can follow Rob, that's me, at Deep Felice everywhere. Um, of course, check out Fightful.com this weekend. All the great content we're going to be having on Select and all of the post shows and review shows. The team at Fightful has grown so much, and like I feel like everybody's doing some kind of interview at this point. So, so much content there. Please check that all out. Uh, check out RussellsLone.com as well. Check out my daily article on ComingSoon.net, where I just gather some WWE rumors, and you can read them all in one place. And that's about it for me, but I toss you over to Callum McGinnis. You can find me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Over on smartcatmoment.com, you'll find the Power Rankings, my weekly contribution, where I rank the WWE wrestlers from 1 to 10 every single week. So you can check that out to see who is top of the rankings. And then there is also, on the Smartcatmoment website, you'll find WWE Fantasy League, the WWE Fantasy League, also at WWEFantasyLeague.com, where we're in competition with each other, build, we build up our teams, and now we're going into the first premium live event of that uh, of uh, this season with uh, Night of Champions, where a lot of points will be scored and there will be some trades and additions to all the teams coming up as well. So make sure when you tune into hear our thoughts on night of champions you'll also be sticking around to hear how that has affected the fantasy league and what updates we'll be making to our respective teams i didn't get to say this in front of callum but i am so happy tiffany stratton advanced and not core <laughs> jade i will be getting points and thank you tiffany for Boo. 
have Cora and Roxanne. How the hell did that not happen? <laughs> uh, I'm going to hate them forever for that. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. So factoring in all the fantasy league stuff, we'll talk about that on the pay-per-view content as well. That's it for the hot tags. I want to thank you again for listening to this. And next week, episode number 600, I got nothing special planned for it as far as the hot tags are concerned, but we do have some stuff that are going to be passing around like the, uh, another mock draft is happening potentially next week of people that have been in the money in the bank ladder match over the years, which probably we won't factor in the, whoever qualifies on Monday night raw, just because you know, good things considered. I mean, we'll probably have enough people as it is, but if you do have anything in mind that you would like us to do for episode number 600, just to make it a little bit more special, let us know. We'll try to factor that in there. In the meantime, we got the pay-per-view stuff. So stay tuned for that. We will see you then, but this has been another smart out moment and we're being counted out. 